Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. We get into the uh, different aspects of the teaching. And I want to go back and look at the scripture again, and then we'll go back and talk about it. So in verse 28, he says this. So why do you worry about clothing? One of the things I underlined or circled was the word why. Why means for what reason or purpose. And then in the second part of verse 28, he says, consider the lilies of the field. I I circled that word consider. One of the reasons I circled that is because I believe the Lord wants us to think about what we're worried about. In other words, when you start to worry, he says, why are you worrying like you worrying like you like you are? Why are you doing these particular things? Why do these particular thoughts come across your mind? And he uses something interesting there because in verse 28, he says, why do you worry about clothing? Now, when I look at clothing, clothing to me is not the most important aspect if I'm going to worry about something. I figured if anything, food would probably be at one of my top ones. Why, why food? Because it don't matter about clothing. If you're hungry, that's just my opinion, though. Clothing might be your top one, but food to me would probably be a top one. Now, clothing is important, don't get me wrong, but when you look at clothing, you know, even though you may have, you may have new, used, or old clothing, the thing is you have clothing. But when you're hungry, that's a whole different ballgame, whole different ballgame. And then he says this, why do you worry about clothing? Uh, 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 excuse me, clothing to me is a, something that is not on the top, on the top list of things. If you were going to worry, I wouldn't worry about clothing. That would be one of my last things I'll be worried about. And then he says this. Then he used something kind of interesting. He says, consider the lilies of the field. Now, lilies, um, excuse me, it, those are what he says about lilies of the field. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. I was thinking about this. Lilies in a field where nobody planted them, nobody waters them, nobody, human beings that is, takes care of them, don't put any uh, fertilizer in them. Lilies just grow. And and it says this, how they, they neither toil nor spin. Interesting, toil or spin basically says they don't look around for how they're going to be taken care of. They ain't looking around for somebody to water them, take care of them. They just grow. In verse 29, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so, now watch this, if God so clothes the grass of the field, and I even thought about this, I didn't realize that God would even have to do this much to the grass in the field, but he doesn't. He takes care of the grass in the field. And I thought about this, grass will grow in some of the unusual places. Now, if he said the weeds in the field, I said, Lord, you know, you, weeds grow anywhere. You want to find some weeds, weeds will grow anywhere. You ain't got to water them. You got to put no fertilizer on them. They did grow. And it, notice this, grass. He said grass. Consider the grass. Think about the grass. The grass, God has been taking care of grass, and that grass today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you? Then he says this, oh, you of little faith. Let's go back and examine these, these scriptures. 
Matthew 6, 28, the Lord is still encouraging his listeners to not worry, to not worry. Worry, of course, means to be anxious, to be stressed out, to get worked up over stuff, to lose sleep, to be troubled, and again, to take the life out. Because when you are worrying, you can't really enjoy life when you're worried. When you are stressed out, you miss out on good things that God has for you in your life. And it's imperative that we, that we see, if God came to give us life and life more abundantly, I believe he really wants us to enjoy life. I truly believe he wants us to enjoy life. And what I thought was interesting, he, had, he says this. Jesus had previously asked them, the question is, excuse me, asked them the question, is not life more than clothing in Matthew 6 and 25. So look at Matthew 6 and 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about the body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And that word life there means the right use of the aids offered by God. Life is the right use of the aids offered by God. So when God gives us certain aspects of life, he expects us to use them in the right way. When you use them the right way, you can enjoy life a whole lot better. For example, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, is our faith. When we use faith in the right manner, we're, we're, we're taking advantage, or, say, or we're enjoying life, I should say, and allowing God to do supply the needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And when we do that, we know that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. So the right use of the aids offered by God. Some of the aids offered by God is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is an aid. It assists us in every aspect of our life. Prayer is an aid. When you pray, you are changing the world around you. Because why? You're coming in line with the will of God. Giving is an aid. Aid, and we use it the right way. We can enjoy life. Because when you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run it over shall men give into your bosom. So now, we go back to 28. So why do you worry about clothing? The Lord asked the question, why do you worry about clothing? In Matthew 6 and 28. Why? For what reason or purpose do you worry about clothing? Raymond, why do you worry about clothing? In my opinion, he was trying to get to the root of what was caused them to be anxious and troubled. And I'll be honest with you. You know, sometimes people do, they're anxious about clothing. They get anxious about clothing. Raymond, very simple. Clothes you put on on a day-by-day basis. You have seen people, and I know you've seen the news, even around this area right here, where people have gotten Stabbed and hurt over shoes. Shoes. A pair of shoes. So we know this is a real statement that Jesus made. Because people are anxious and stressed out over shoes. When Jesus said, why are you worrying about raiment? Why are you worrying about clothing? And sometimes, if we're not careful... Young people will get stressed out over having certain name brand items. I remember growing up, uh, people around us got, if you didn't have on certain clothing, 
you were looked down upon by certain people. And what, and this is what you got to understand. Even if people look down on you, you got to know who you are in Christ. You got to know who you are in Christ because everybody sooner or later is not, you're not going to wear clothing that's going to please everybody. So why do you worry? Why are you upset? Why are you stressed out? Why are you upset, excuse me, uh, stressed out about clothing? Why? Consider. Consider. Oh, let me, before we go there, as believers, we must learn how to determine the root of things that trouble us the most so that we can apply the word to those specific matters. We have to determine, discover the root of those things that trouble us the most. What's the root of the things that control, excuse me, that causes us to operate in such a manner? We have to control or decide what is it, those things that's, that's causing those things to cause worry to come in my life. And we got to be honest with ourselves. We have to be honest with ourselves and say, you know what, God? I am worried about something that you told me not to worry about. I am stressing out and upset about something that you told me that you would supply every need according to your riches and glory. I am upset about something that you said in your word, if I give, it shall be given unto me. And then when you think about it, the thing that you're upset about, you really can't do nothing about it no way at the time that you were stressing out about it. This is what you got to understand. We got to learn how to trust God. And then, how do you trust God? We got to get the word into our spirit. We must make up in our mind that when, I, okay, I see myself. When we determine the root of those things, we say, okay, I got to put the word on this right here. I, I, I've made, I see the Holy Spirit is revealed to me that this is causing me to, to worry. I need to put the word on it. What does Jesus say about this right here? And I got to believe what he said and apply it in my life. And, and there's a few things you can do about that. You can pray about it, put the word on it, get, get your praise and, and give God glory and say, God, I know you're going to supply that need. You're going to supply. I mean, you have to have that mindset. When you walk with Christ, you have to make up in your mind that God going to supply the need. And you got to keep, and this would, this would, I know without a shadow of a doubt, you got to keep hearing the word until he supplied. I'm not talking about one time here and then you say, okay, it's, it's settling done. You got to keep on hearing because your mind will play tricks on you. You're like, God, what you going to do? This thing is due by a certain day. And I only got X number of dollars and I need this much money here. Oh, God, you said you're going to supply that need. I'm going to hear that word over and over again. Sometimes two or three times a day. I got to remind myself, you know what, God, you're going to supply that need. Because the enemy will send those, what he calls the wiles of the devil, which is false, that will come at your mind and say, you know what, you're going to be embarrassed by this ain't going to be paid or this ain't going to be this, that, the other. Or you're not going to be wearing certain clothing. People going to look at you funny. Oh, God going to supply the need. God going to supply the need. God going to do it. In fact, he's already done it. He, he has did it because his word cannot return back to him, boy. That's why it's imperative that we get into the house of God week in and week out and find help in the sanctuary so in turn we can get the solutions that we need in order to survive. Because if not, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be stressing out. Of something. I'm saying, your car can make a funny noise. You'll stress out if you ain't careful. Somebody will say something about your car. Oh, you know, like you need some new tires. You're like, man, I ain't got no money to buy no tire. First thought come to my mind. 
or you might not come to your mind, but this, this just what I'm thinking. I said, for first thing coming to my mind, you will need some new tie. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden, you ever, wait, this just me. This just me. This probably never happened to nobody in this room, but just me right here. Soon as I hear that word, new ties, dollar sign come up. There you go. There it is. There it, right there, brother. <laughs> he must have been in my mind. <laughs> and not just a dollar sign, two or three hundred. Oh, a thousand dollars. What? And he's like, oh, what are we going to do, God? When the tie probably didn't cost that much money. But my mind started messing with me. This is why you need the word to combat the enemy. You need the word to combat. Because as soon as trouble come, oh, thank you, Lord. This may not happen to y'all, but just in case it do. Just in case it do. Watch this. A lot of times when trouble come, the enemy will sign a dollar sign to it. And a lot of times he'll sign a dollar sign way out of the norm. When he assigned it to you, it don't matter what the dollar sign is. You say, God going to supply the need. One or two things going to happen. God will either have to drop it down or he going to have to go up and get it. One way or another, the need going to be met. How you know, Pastor Doc? Because everybody in the sanctuary has testified to the fact that God has met your need according to his riches and glory. I think one of the last testimonies I remember was a brother right here testified to the fact of when he was getting ready to fix the car. They gave him one price, and all of a sudden, he got it fixed for a whole lot less. Notice what God did. He dropped it. Now, that price he got, that was a real price. That price was real. Listen, there was no doubt about that. That was a real price. And, see, sometimes our mind can play tricks with us, but sometimes they can put an estimate on the table, and that estimate on the table, we're like, whoo. And you got to say, God, you know what? Something got to happen right here. I remember sometimes when I get estimates, that's why I like to get two or three, just personally speaking. I like to get two or three. I don't want to go by the first seven because that first one can mess you up. <laughs> but sometimes folks will give you an estimate, and they think a lot of their stuff. I just put it to you like that. And <laughs> they think so much about it that, well, anyway, they think it's gold. But anyway, <laughs> no matter the case, whatever estimate you get and whatever God tells you to uh, you know, especially when you need to get it fixed. Your car important to you. I don't know who this is for, but anyway, your car important. It it, it 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 takes you from point A to point B. One of the most important places to take you is church. Thank you. I got two or three amen. You say amen right there. That's a you missed a you missed a golden opportunity. Praise God. So anyway, but whatever it is, God went to meet that need. God went to meet that need. And this is what he does. When you discover what the problem is, you got to put the word on it. Somebody say, put the word on it. That's it. Put the word on it. Now, let's go back. For example, let's look at our examples. If the lack of money is a source of anxiety, it could be that a lifestyle of poverty is the root. And giving is going to be the solution. The means of solving the problem is going to be the solution. Poverty, need, a want, a lack, a hardship. You gotta be, you gotta watch out for that lifestyle of poverty. Poverty says you'll never get the need met. Poverty says I'm never gonna have enough. Poverty says I can't afford it. And I've learned over the years, you don't know what you can afford. You got to let God determine what He wants in your life. But in order to break it, you gotta go to Luke, let's go to Luke 638. Luke 638. Giving it. 
we give to you, get measure, press down, shake it together, and run it over, will be put into your bosom with the same measure that you use it. It will be measured back to you. So giving is a way to break lack, hardship, and make sure needs are met and wants are desired. Another example could be that a poor, excuse me, that poor decision making is leading to a lifestyle of being unsafe, unhealthy, living situations, which is the source of worry. It could be that person needs to understand that safety comes with godly counsel, according to Proverbs 11 and 14. Safety, salvation, go to Proverbs 11 and 14. Deliverance, peace, and prosperity. For, the, for where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. There is salvation. There is deliverance. There is peace and there is prosperity. Godly counsel would definitely cause you to, your life to be better. Godly counsel, I'm going to use another definition for it. It's just basically godly help to make things better to make things better. When you get good godly counsel, it's just going to make your life better. It's going to make your life better. I, I mean, let's face it. How many can testify to the fact that you got some godly counsel that made your life better? That's it. And you know it had to be God. It was, you know, like, Lord, God just knew what I needed. Like this series on Word, this is just, that is nothing but godly counsel. That is godly counsel. Some of you right now, you've been tempted to Word, but you've heard this Word, and you say, you know what? God told me not to worry. I'm not saying, I never told you that it was, those thoughts were not going to not enter your mind. But the thing is, we can do something with them. We can put the word on it. Is that right? That's it. Sometimes we can allow issues to carry more weight than they should. Sometimes we can allow issues to carry more weight, importance, and value than they should. Just like I believe when we look at that particular text, in Matthew 6 and 28, when he says, so why do you worry about clothing? It is carrying more weight than it should. That clothing issue is carrying more value than they should. One, let, let, me say, let me share this with you real quickly. You want to put your, find your, uh, get your values in a better place? Go out sharing the good news of Jesus with other people. Boy, that 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 will refocus you. You realize that you not it's not as bad as what you think it is. Or go to the hospital and visit. Go to the nursing home and visit. Go to the prison and visit. Or you got well, you know, hallelujah. Whatever it is, it will reshape the way you think. A lot of things I used to complain about. Oh, I have prison ministers this Sunday. A lot of things I complain about. I believe God will slap me if I start complaining about some stuff. I'm just telling you. Because some stuff, I believe we complain, oh, I ain't got this. You know, some stuff we complain about, we're sitting in the air-conditioned room with the fan blowing on us, with the remote control, and, and, and TV going nine and nothing. I'm about color TV. I ain't talking about that black and white stuff some of us used to watch growing up. And I ain't talking about no 19. I'm talking about 36, 42, 48, whatever inch it is. And we're talking about, oh, I'm going through right now. Please. <laughs> Please. 
when God has taken care of each and every one of us. There's not one person in this sanctuary that I know right now that God's not personally taking a hand in your life. One way or another. One way or another. Yeah, I know you ain't got everything that you want, but you know what? You got a lot more than a lot of folks. Yeah, there's some people that got more than you. That's why David almost lost it when Psalm 73, when he, uh, when he saw the prosperity of the wicked. But you know what? He knew the end. Your end is going to be with Jesus one day. You know, you got access to an unlimited God with unlimited resources. Why? Because you will give them. You give God his tithes and a good offering. You got access to an unlimited God with unlimited resources. And they ain't got that. They're limited. All they got is money going their way. What about when you need peace that passes all understanding? What about when you need the joy of the Lord is your strength? What about when your child is fighting in their body and, and doctors don't know what to do, but you got the, you got the, the solution, which is an unlimited God with unlimited resources. I don't care if they never discovered the issue. God already got the solution before they discovered it. They still in laboratories trying to figure out stuff. God already got the answer to. And I thought about this too. God has already healed everything that they're already trying to come up with a solution for. He's already healed it. I thought I already corrected it, fixed it. Person that had it got up and walked out the bed. Or the hospital or wherever it was at. And they went home and living a good life too. Because God, that's who God is. God's not limited by our natural means. He is a God of unlimited resources. That's why sometimes I think we put more importance or value on things that really should not get our attention. That's the stuff that shouldn't get our attention sometimes. You ever seen some people on social media respond to stuff that shouldn't get their attention? We should be those individuals that stuff like that should not get our attention. Because we should be bigger than that. We should know Jesus better than that. I believe that Jesus wanted his followers to think that to think that when he told them to consider the leaders of the field, many times we need to stop and examine our issues and see how they align with God's word. Let me go back and read that to you in verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider. Consider means to learn thoroughly. Examine carefully. Consider well. What does he tell us consider well? The lilies of the field. The lilies of the field. I thought about Sometimes I go by open field sometimes and I see the flowers that have grown in that open field. And in my mind, I think, who planted these flowers in this certain place right here? Only God could do something like that. Now, I know that they do some things where they plant certain flowers in the middle of, of the um, highway. But I'm talking about out in the open field somewhere. God plants these flowers and these things and they grow. And I ain't seen one person take care of them other than God himself. And he thought about, now notice what he says when he says this in verse 28. Consider the little field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Toil means they, they don't get tired, they don't grow weary, they don't get exhausted, and they're not wearisome. They don't get tired. And I said, where they get, where they grow weary from? They ain't worried about how they're going to get what they need. They don't go through none of that. And the other word is spin. That means a rapid turning or whirling motion. 
I thought about this. When you, uh, sometimes when a child looking for their parent, they looking like this. Where, that, where my mom at? Where my dad at? Where my parent at? Where that, my guardian at? They looking around for Liz don't even do that. Liz just sit there and grow. <laughs> and Jesus said, consider them. Consider them and know that I love you more than them. I will take care of you. Anything you see grow out there, God says, I take care of them. I will definitely take care of you. And God been doing it too for years, has he not? Thank God he's been doing it for years. The Lord causes the flowers and the fields to grow. We must increase our faith daily so that we can trust him in a greater way. When God, if God, since God causes the flowers to increase or become greater, we know God can do the same thing for us. And sometimes it's a matter of us reexamining our focus. Sometimes we're too busy looking at the problem more than we're looking at the solution. Y'all know the solution name, right? Jesus. Well, how God going to do it? Let me tell you something. God got a thousand ways to fix one problem. All I need is one. One. I don't need 20. All I need is one. When the solution is solved, that's all I needed. We need to focus in more on Jesus than we do the problem. In this case, this individual, he says, why are you worrying about clothing? Don't you know I will supply your clothing need? If you need it, I'll make sure you get it. And, and God does exactly that. In fact, I know he does that. In fact, he goes on to say, uh, in the latter part of 29, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Jesus even used the example of Solomon in Matthew 6 and 29 to show us that in his glory, he was not arrayed like one of these. Arrayed means to clothe or to put garments on. And Solomon was known for his wealth. Go to 1 Kings 10 and 23. So we see that scripture says, First Kings chapter 10 and verse 23. So King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. We must commit to having this testimony that's noted in Psalms 37 and 25. It's written out there for you. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or its descendants begging for bread. That's a good scripture right there. Because when you write with God, you say, God, you know what? I've never seen the righteous forsaken or its descendants begging for bread. Who? Jesus. I know it don't look good, but God, you said in your word, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or its descendants begging for bread. And I, and I truly believe that God makes sure that his children fall under this category. That's why he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. David made that proclamation. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Never seen it. Never seen it. Never seen it. And it, either it's true or it's not true. I believe truly that God has did this over time. I've never seen the right to forsake it or a seed begging for bread, especially when our faith is challenged with stress and anxiety. This is a good scripture to quote. 
When you see, you find yourself trying to, when you discover that you're dealing with certain issues, oh, Psalm 37, 25, I've never seen the right to forsaken or the sinless begging for bread. And sometimes you got to say it more than one time. You got to keep saying it or, or scriptures like this until it gets down in your spirit and you make a change for the better. We can see, let's go to Matthew 6 and 30. Matthew 6 and 30. Now, if God, now notice, if God so clothes the grass of the field, and while I was studying this, I, I, I thought about this from this standpoint. I said, God, I didn't know that grass had clothes. I mean, just me. This is how I think when I read scripture, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at every little nuance about it. I said, well, God, I didn't know that. But anyway, verse 30. Now, God so clothes the grass of the field which day is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you, a little faith? So the problem, well, let me go read this, read this for you first. We can see in the text, in this, this particular text, that the Lord is committed to clothing the grass of this field. So how much will he clothe us since he paid the penalty for our sins? If God did everything he did for us back at Calvary, what's a little clothing compared to the big scheme of things? Clothe means to put on raiment. Very simple. He's going to take care of your clothing. He's going to take care of your clothing. Well, Pastor, if you take care of my clothing, I won't name brand this and name brand that. He might give you that. You may have to work your way up, but he might give you that. I'm not saying he won't. Because God will take care of his children. God take, and he's been doing it for years. Now, I'll be faithful of what you got. So in turn, he can raise you to that level. But he, he might give you your heart's desire. Now, we look at this text and we look at what the problem is in this particular uh, aspect. He said those individuals who are dealing with these, these closed items or other issues and they were in, Stress, anxiety, and so forth, he asked the question to all of us and asked and, and really pinpoints the problem. The problem was that some had little faith. Little, small, and minor faith. Now, what's the difference between that and what he talked about in the other scripture, Pastor? Where he said, You got the faith as a grain of a mustard seed. Well, this is actually, when I study it, it's actually smaller than that particular faith. This is faith that basically you don't do anything with. Nothing with. You got the access to Jesus and you got access to his promises, but you take no promise, you take no. And one thing I learned about God, it don't take a whole bunch to impress God. If you just take this word that you get tonight and put it into action, your life will change for the better. You will not be stressing out and worrying. Cause let me tell you something. Even when we go to the next topic, stress and worry will try to end your life. I'm going to tell you that up front. We know Christmas is getting ready to come up. And some people used to stress and worry over Christmas, boy. They work 42 hours a week over overtime trying to buy some toys a child can play with, but nothing but uh, two days from Christmas. Mm. You don't believe me? Go look, look in the back of your, go look in your, your basement right now. 
Some of y'all don't throw away enough stuff right now to pay off your house. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo! Buy a car. <laughs> a lot of stuff there you wouldn't got rid of. The thing is, it's little. It's not being used. It's not being used. See, even the one that had the faith at the side of mustard seed, at least they used that mustard seed faith to grow a big mustard seed tree. This is not using anything at all. Especially when you got access to it. When you got access to the written and revealed word of God and you don't take it and apply, he said, oh, you of little faith. Because y'all know, well, excuse me, let me say this to you. I'm going to ask you the question. You know faith works. But I'm going to make this statement. Faith works. Faith works. Faith works. In fact, say that with me. Faith works. That's it. Faith works. But we don't use faith. How can it work if you don't use it? Do you know some of the most simple prayers that prayed through our scripture? It's all it took to get answered. But you know what the, what the key was? They had to do it first. Faith without works is what? Being by, by itself. Because it, it ain't got nothing to go with it. You know, the best prayer, you, the worst prayer you can pray is the prayer that you don't pray. <laughs> when you pray, God is going to move. Well, Pat, I, I don't pray like person A or person B. It don't matter. God looks at the heart of the individual. You know what the, mo- the most important thing you can do is pray. 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 Will God do it if I pray? Yes, he will do it if you pray. He will do it if you pray. So when we pray, something happens. We must be diligent and examine our faith on a daily basis. That's why he says, oh, you a little faith. That's why we got to examine our faith. Our trust, our confidence, our assurance, our belief, our conviction in Jesus. Let me stop for a moment. We got to trust Jesus. How do you trust Jesus? You got to Get in his word and say, God, what do I need to do to trust you? You have to have confidence that his word is going to work for you. Confidence. And sometimes your confidence is going to be shaken, but you still got to stay, stay with confidence. That's it, bro. That's what I'm talking about, man. Some, watch this. Watch my hand real quickly. Sometimes your confidence will be like this. It'll dip down, but you still keep confidence. Dip down. Come here quick, man. Real quick. Sometimes it may be up, down, up, down. You know, I never let his hand go. Go sideways, go frontwards, go backwards. Your faith can go through some changes. But the thing is, you never let go of the faith. You never let go. I don't care if faith try to run away. You're going to run with faith too. Because why? Faith come by hearing and hearing. You don't never let go of faith. I know it's going to say, let it go. Because it's going to tell you this lie right here. It ain't working. If you ever hear that lie, it's, it's on winning the overdrive. It's on winning the overdrive, but in the natural, it looked like it's not working. But in the spirit realm, that thing is just going to turn up. Because cause every time you hear that, that saying, it ain't working. It ain't working. It ain't working. It ain't working. Your prayers ain't working. 
Your trust in Jesus ain't working. Your assurance in God ain't working. You ought to believe it is working. That's why he's trying to get you to let go. But you make up in your mind, I ain't letting go. I ain't letting go no matter what comes my way. I ain't letting go through trials or tribulation. I'm not letting go through whatever storms come my way. I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my what? Thank you, Maroon. Keep your confidence. Conviction, belief in Jesus. Now, remember, one of the reasons I always emphasize what your trust, your confidence, your assurance, your belief in conviction is, I always want you to make sure that you make sure that, excuse me, make sure it's in Jesus. Because you can trust other things other than Jesus. The enemy will always try to give you a substitute. Get you to trust a job, a car, your money. Oh, you ain't got to worry about a car. A car goes sooner or later going to make you really not trust it. <clears throat> it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. You're going to make one noise. Woo! Lord, help me right here with the car rail. I'll tell you, once it made the noise, what's going to pop up? Dollar sign. Dollar sign. Dollar sign. I'm going to tell you. You don't got to believe me. Just keep on living. Let the car make another noise and watch the dollar sign that pop up in your mind. Now, where did that come from? Oh, that's what I'm talking about. That's why God knows. That's why God knows. Now, it is essential that we, un- that we understand that as we increase our confidence in God, we are empowered to stretch our faith more than we are, excuse me, than when we are constantly hearing the word of God. According to Romans 10 and 17. How do I increase my faith? Each week in the sanctuary. Each week faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Each time we go to a church service, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Each time we go to Sunday school, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10 and 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Each time we have revivals. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's amazing. Sometimes people will wait till their faith is getting weary and then they'll try to build the faith back up. I've learned that every day we got to do something to increase our faith. And we have tools at our disposal for us to use. The written and revealed word of God. Uh, Our Sunday school books. Sermon notes. I mean, they be right down our alley. Right down our alley. Let me tell you something. What I give you tonight, God will take that and build upon it. But all you got to do is just take it home and study. You got the answers right here. But God got so much more he can tell you through these scriptures. I mean, let's think about it. I've been saved now for a long time now. And this is the first time I even thought about that God clothed the grass on the field. Somebody said, well, that... But Pastor, it's, it's been saying that ever since you started reading your Bible. I know. But God keeps revealing things to me. Certain scriptures. Certain scriptures. Now, as we enter the sanctuary with a growth mindset, what's my growth mindset? To receive and apply the word of God. We've been, kinda, we've been talking about that all evening, but here's the point. We recognize that our help is coming from the sanctuary, according to Psalms 22. Let's go to Psalms 22. 
Psalms 20 and verse 2. This is why it's so important to be in the house of God. Let me show it to you in scripture first of all. Psalms 22. May he sing you what? From where? From your house. From your job. From your business. Where? All right, let me see. Can I, let me test a few more folks real quick. Can anybody tell where the sanctuary is right now? Can y'all come? Can y'all? This is what? The what? The sanctuary. Now, when I come to the sanctuary, what should I expect? Yeah. I'm sorry. He said, y'all heard what he said. Help from who? Hold on. Help from who? Jesus. There we go. When you come to the sanctuary, you should expect help from who? And you know God ain't going to disappoint. Is that right? He ain't going to disappoint. That's, see, when we're coming to the house of God, it may be just, let me tell you something. We started 8 o'clock prayer. Oh, that helped right there. Sunday school, that's more help right now. The MC, let's praise the Lord, everybody. Woo, that's more help right now. The song, the song they sing, woo, that goes to more help right now. The word, more help right now. My giving, and all of a sudden, that just helped me in my finances. The altar call, help me in whatever it is to help me. But you know, God got help for everybody. You know what's beautiful about God? God knows what you need help in. He knows what you need help in. He knows what you need help in. He knows what I need help in. He knows what everybody needs help in. And he's going to make sure that everybody is provided for. But where are he going to do it at? In the what? I don't think two people heard you. Say, say it again. There we go. That's interesting. He didn't say it's your house, did he? He didn't say it's your car. He didn't say it's your job. But where? In the sanctuary. But what God's going to bring, what? Help in the what? So I got to be it when the help comes. In the sanctuary. So what, what about, what if I miss? Is it God's fault I miss? So God, evidently, now I believe that we are anointed church. Not just my, listen, I just believe it. I believe it. I believe that we're, we're a church that the Holy Spirit moves upon. That means that every time that we open these doors, God's going to provide me help. Now, if I miss when the help comes, I can't get mad at God. I can't say, God, you know what? You didn't send me help when I asked for it. No, nah, because God's word is not going to turn back to him what? It's going to accomplish everything he what? Send it out to them. Let's finish this up. And as we build our faith in God, his written and revealed word, we're better able to release word. So notice this. As we get help, we're going to release word. And trust is divine solutions. So remember what Jesus said earlier. Oh, you a little faith. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We hear it in the sanctuary. Because God going to provide us support, assistance, and aid. And he's going to bring it into the sanctuary, the part that set apart the sacredness and holiness of the sanctuary. And when he does that, word's going to be released. And we're going to trust his divine solutions. So faith is going to be the answer Two are the solutions to worry. That means worry is going to be gone. Or every time it comes, we're going to find a word that's going to cause it to leave. 
and we are going to be established and we're going to be strengthened in the sanctuary. Faith, the solution to worry. And again, let me go back. I know he's been, he's best like you'll say this 45 times. Here, number 46. We find help where? In the sanctuary. All right, I'm done. Stand easy. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.